are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is back in business. It's the Devi Rewind today. So as you know, that means that I'm on vacation. We are not doing our typical show. This is pre-recorded, but we have a fantastic crew here. I'm super excited. So I'm just going to introduce them. We'll start with Matty Big Chest. He's closest to me. What's up, Matty? Not much, man. Just uh, got back from dinner and I'm ready to talk to Devi, man. I've been looking forward to this all day. All right. I have two because when this happens, it means I'm not at work anymore. Uh, loved hanging out and talking with you guys. We also got Nate Christian. Nate, how's it going? It's going pretty good. During the intro video, I was trying to figure out why I couldn't find the video stream. I was like, guys, I got to retweet this. Why is it not showing up? And I was like, oh, wait, we're not doing this live. I'm going to be honest with you. From my perspective, I kind of like the not going live just because I can really just focus on the show. You know, when you got live, I'm always looking at who's watching, and I got comments coming in, trying to keep everything flowing. So um, this is kind of nice for me, just from a host standpoint. Plus, I didn't really have to do a lot of prep work for this podcast because you guys are the experts in this department. So uh, coming back for the second time, we got Ben Eby. You can find him on Twitter, at the Ben Eby. And he's the host of the Elite Seekers podcast, which is part of Destination Devi. Ben, welcome back, man. It's been a while. Well, not that long, but it's good to see you again. Man, it's great to be here. And uh, I, I just thought you wanted to do it not live so that Maddie could come in here and, and help edit a backwards hat on you after the show. But, you know, I, I was wrong. So we'll, we'll have to wait for that one. But uh, no, it's, it's good to be back, man. I appreciate it big time. Well, Nate doesn't have one either, so I'll have to make, uh, make sure he gets one. And uh, also welcoming for the first time to the show, make sure that I have your last name on here. We got Kevin Coleman. Is that your that is your correct last name, right, Kevin? Yeah, yeah, that's it. And you just doxed me though, but it's cool. Yeah, Kevin Coleman. <laughs> uh, so Kevin is one of our newest writers over here at the Dynasty Rewind. And I would like to also say that he is the first verified member on Twitter of the Dynasty Rewind. Had to get that in there, Kevin. Sorry. So hey. um happy to see you here. Uh we've been, you know, we've been Twitter friends for a while, but now you're part of the crew. If you want to check out Kevin's amazing content, patreon.com forward slash dinosaur rewind, get in there because we like you better. But Kevin, how are you tonight? Hey, I'm doing good, man. I'm just glad that I was able to come on first time in like a year. It's been a hard get coming on this show. You you know, you, you, you pick only the best. So I'm glad I finally made the cut. Well, you do normally record on Tuesdays with I do, yeah. Royale. So we record Tuesday nights. This is a Monday night, so kind of different. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. So let's talk some Devi. We'll get into it. And then throughout the show, I'll sprinkle in some ad read-throughs because, you know, that's fun. So, Kevin, since it's your first time on the show, we're going to start with you. What started you in playing Devi? I'm going to make this a two-part question, and we'll let everybody answer this. So what started you in playing Devi, and why should the average player consider joining a Devi league? 
Yeah. So, you know, first thing, I, it's funny. When I read this question. I was thinking back on it. It was like six years ago and I was playing in like a dynasty league and I was just talking to one of my league mates about college football. And they're like, hey, do you play in a Debbie league? And I'm like, what the hell is a Debbie league? And then they told me and dude, I was instantly hooked. Like you just get that bug, especially if you're a college football guy. So I started drafting one of my first draft picks was Zeke, uh, Zeke Elliott. And then now he's on my Cowboys. And so it kind of just transitioned very well. And I just got hooked right away. And I started going from one round Debbie leagues to 10 round to pipeline leagues and now C2C leagues. So it, it's kind of a, it's, it, you know, it, it's definitely fun and exciting and it, it gets you wrapped up and you just start playing all these Debbie leagues. And now I'm in way too many leagues that my wife doesn't know about. <laughs> and so like, when you get to this point, like wives think, you know, we're looking at their phone that we're cheating. I guess we kind of are, but you know, it's, it's a little bit. Our mistress is a sleeper, the sleeper app. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> or uh, it's a freshman playing in California, and I'm watching tape on Huddle and some. <laughs> jacked up huddle like yeah ben knows what i'm talking about and i'm like wait what is this i, I love on huddle now too because they can add their little like their highlights themselves and you get like lightning bolts and shit it's hilarious <laughs> you know what we're gonna go over to ben but ben i was listening to your latest podcast and you're talking about guys declaring that are still like sophomores and juniors in high school yes, I mean, sir. this this is about as deep of a deep dive that i can imagine um that debbie would get if it makes you feel any better um you know, my brother-in-law, him and his wife, did just have a baby boy. I don't know if you guys want to make him run through some cone drills or anything like that. But, uh, what started you in playing Devi, and why should the average player consider joining a Devi league? Yeah, man. I mean, first, I got to plug my my next toddler episode coming out next week. So, you know, shout out to the uh, elite seekers there. But uh, yeah, we're definitely we're definitely diving deep. But man, it, it's it's a lot like Kevin. I, I was really into Dynasty. I used to bug uh, Ryan McDowell all the time about who do I get? Like, what do I do? Like, just kind of like understanding that transition from regular redraft, you know, playing back in the day, Yahoo leagues like crazy with my buddies and then finally going, okay, well now I'm like winning all the time. It felt like, so I'm up for a new challenge. And, and, you know, I I was on Twitter and, and uh, saw what Ryan McDowell was talking about. And then I started following people and I was like, what is this Debbie league? So of course I didn't jump into a regular Debbie league. Uh, My first league was about probably roughly eight years ago. And I jumped into a league that is crazy settings. Like, I don't even know what I was thinking. I'm pretty sure I wanted to quit immediately after I started, (laughs) but it was like taxi squad, Debbie taxi squads of 30 players. The dynasty active roster, 30 players. It was, it's super flex, but super flex times two. So you had one starting quarterback required plus two extra super flex. So you could start three quarterbacks. So this is before super flex really took off as well. Then it was tight end premium, but there was a premium not only on catches, also on yards. It was best ball regular season, but you had to start lineups in the playoffs. So it was just over the top, way crazy. Um, I ended up uh, playing against some other analysts that I looked up to in this league and had to jump in. But after like figuring it out for whatever, a couple months or probably the whole season, it ended up being my my favorite format. So I'm in multiple leagues like that now. I started some just like that. And they are like the most amazing leagues. People love it. They're crazy. There's a lot going on, but it's also best ball regular season. So that allows you to um, sort of get used to things. So yeah, man, it's it's huge. If you're a football fan and, and you know someone that doesn't just enjoy the NFL, but you enjoy watching great college football on Saturdays as well, or any other day of the week nowadays, then Devi is just 
so addicting and it's easy to get hooked into and want to stay. Then it just becomes, you know, understand that it really doesn't take a whole lot more research unless you're going into really deep leagues. But if you just want to get intro to Debbie, it really it's not as overwhelming as it might seem, you know, from the outside looking in. I think everybody adjusts if you play fantasy football to different settings and whatnot. It's just it's just adding another piece that you probably already enjoy. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how I, I started many years ago and um, really got hooked. Obviously, you guys know I'm, I'm a big time DK Metcalf advocate. So similar to what Kevin said with Zeke and getting him there, I was drafting DeKalen Metcalf, Metcalf as a freshman uh, at Ole Miss there and ended up working out pretty well. So I think once you have a couple of those types of uh, draft picks work out, you're, you're extra hooked and, and there's no way you're leaving. You know, I want to give you guys my strategy, but let's ask Maddie first. Um, I, since I don't know the answer to this, we've talked a lot about, you know, you being obviously a Debbie guy, but what got you into it and why should the average person play it? Yeah, so uh, I work with a, a guy who is a co-host of a podcast. His name is Jerry Sinclair uh, at Jerry Sin DWZ. He's a great guy. Uh, he got me started in Dynasty and Debbie. Uh, he just told me, oh, you like Dynasty? You should play Debbie. And that was enough for me, dude. Uh, I'll, I'm a degenerate enough to just be like, okay, I'll, I'll jump in. So uh, I like the fact that you get to call your shot literally on these players. It's sim- like it's it's a rookie draft run early. So you just call your shot on these players that you think might get drafted into the NFL. Uh, you want to take those, uh, mitigate the risk by taking players you think will get drafted uh, with athletic profiles. So there's a lot that goes into Debbie. Uh, it's all about strategy. So I love strategy, and that's it's the name of the game. So uh, Debbie has so many strategies that you can utilize, uh, but I'm not going to go into them right now. And uh, my first draft pick for Debbie, man, DeAndre Swift. That's another reason why I love him so much. Uh, he was my first Debbie pick, 112, and uh, he's a freshman. So, uh, Nate, I don't know. I feel like when you started – being on the show, you weren't a Debbie guy. I almost feel like we kind of forced you into it a bit because you know Garrett was on the show, and I just asked you. I was like, "Well, Garrett did give Debbie. Do you do that?" You're like, "No." And then all of a sudden, you're like, "I really like this this guy." And kind of dove into it. Is that kind of how it started for you, or? Yeah, a little bit. So like, I'm I'm still actually like new to Dynasty fantasy football. I've only been playing Dynasty for about three years now. Um, I've been scouting college prospects though for about 10 years i was just doing it you know for a hobby on reddit you know in high school and so once i found dynasty i was like okay this is cool like i get to use the scouting process to win fantasy football and then once i got on twitter i was with the dynasty nerds and i was hanging out with some of the writers on like on the slack chat and they were like oh we're gonna start at c to c and i was like all right that sounds cool i'm just joining leagues right now I'm, i'm all new to this so I hadn't even played Debbie before. I had never played Debbie before, and I jumped into a C2C and had no idea what I was doing, and I was playing against, like, Garrett Price, Jared Wackley, I mean, the whole Campus Canton crew, you know, Shaq's out there, all these guys much smarter than me and Debbie. And I got Najee Harris at the end of the first round, so that was my first Debbie pick. But um, I'm holding my own over there in the C2C, but I definitely have learned a lot since then. And I've uh, joined a couple of Debbie leagues since then, but uh, that's how I got into it. I kind of just actually what happened is I was, you know, how they do the film nerds. I was watching that one night and Garrett called me out 
on like the film nerds show and was like, Nate, because I was in the comments. She was like, Nate, you got to join the C to C. And I was like, okay, I guess I got to join. <clears throat> so that's uh, what I did. Would you guys like to hear my Debbie strategy first, or would you like to take a uh, listener question first? <laughs> you have one listener question for the show. I want to hear your strategy, Mike. Okay. So my strategy um, was going to be Ask Maddie, uh, but then he ended up joining the league because someone got removed from it. So I shot my strategy right to shit. So basically I went on Google and typed in top Devi players and <laughs> saw who was available. And I would look at them and I would basically watch some film and see, uh, do I think this guy has a shot, blah, blah, blah. And I draft from there accordingly. So you got to start somewhere uh, trying to kind of do as much as I can on my own, but it's good to know that uh, I have people that I can rely on. Also, I did see if I could go to Garrett Price for, advice but garrett's not very good at answering uh texts or phone calls or anything so let's get into our one listener question of the show this question is for kevin kevin have you realized that your newfound verification check mark came after joining going for two in the dynasty rewind just like your idol the b-league says <laughs> you know you guys really got me to the top i i can't i can't thank you enough um I'm going to send you my check that I got from Twitter. Uh, it is, it's going to go to the brand just for you guys. <laughs> so that is from Daniel Rosier. He is our DFS and best ball writer over here at the Dynasty Rewind. Make sure you go check him out on Twitter at the B-League says. Um, he's the guy that trolls me, in case anyone's wondering, and Kevin to that extent. So um, good times over here at the Dynasty Rewind. The group DM is interesting, to say the least. I think we could all agree on that. Um, it's the one conversation that I have not muted yet. So let's talk some strategies here, and I will change this in a moment. Maybe I'll change the background. But um, do you guys have a, a general umbrella strategy that you use, or is it league dependent like every other, you know, dynasty or redraft league that you guys are in? Maddie, let's start with you. Um. So strategies, you know, they're they're hard in Debbie because you have to you have to really evaluate your team. You have to be strong at evaluation. You have to know, am I competing or should I be rebuilding? Because if you're stuck in limbo, you're kind of in a purgatory, but you can, in Debbie, you can build yourself out through picks, which is a nice thing. You just got to hit them. So, I mean, the hard thing is hitting in Debbie. Like it's, it's harder than it sounds uh, in the later rounds, but uh, you know, if you chase the right guys, you'll be fine. Uh, one of the guys I really chased last year, uh, Nate knows his name. It's Nico Collins. Uh, and you know, he's a guy that not, was not on anyone's radar and, you know, you gotta just believe in your, your own, uh, takes. You can't just go off consensus. You have to watch your own tape and do the analysis yourself. Uh, in Debbie strategies, my favorite, uh, type of draft strategy for the veteran draft. I like to run, um, zero running back in Debbie because I like to get my Debbie picks as running backs and bring them in with a productive struggle, um, which is not everyone's cup of tea because everyone likes to, to win right away. But, you know, I'm a little more patient in my Debbie leagues because it is a process and it is a whole strategy that you have to uh, develop yourself. And, like, th this Nico Collins pick that's coming on to my, one of my Debbie teams, he's a, he's a wide receiver who's going to be developing in maybe two to three years. So that's, this like, they, they develop as on taxi squad, then they have to develop in the NFL and then they break out and then they're on your team. So it's like, there's a whole process of like two breakouts that they have to go through college and pros. So you have to uh, be pretty uh, patient with your players. So another strategy like trade strategies is 
you know, don't undervalue your Debbie players. Uh, but also at the same time, you can't overvalue them. It's it's so tricky. Like Debbie trading's a little trickier if you're new because you can get taken advantage of. So, I mean, asking questions is the best thing you can do. Uh, just ask questions, man. If you have questions, come to any of us. Like, I'm sure we'd be more than happy to ask more than uh happy to help so uh yeah that's my debbie strategy i like to run zero running back in the uh the vet draft okay. um so i hear a lot about uh when when you're drafting your your initial debbie draft there's some classes that you stay away from like i know a lot of people like to go for juniors people some people stay away from seniors overall ben do you have a specific class grouping that you stay away from or is it really you just go best talent best overall available yeah i would say for me i'm definitely going to go after best talent now typically by this point i am usually drafting towards the end of drafts so by that by that time what you're what you're seeing is the highest upside guys are going to be the younger ones yes you have to wait a little longer but if you start that process now so for example i'm drafting incoming freshmen this year I'm going after it, right? I'm shooting for the guys that I think have the ability to be a first round rookie pick at some point. And, and that's what I'm, I'm, I know I'm going to miss some and that's okay. But I also know there's guys that are going to get drafted that are juniors in college, that are seniors in college, that are very, there's, there's smaller school guys that are extremely productive. They seem athletic and all that, but they also don't make it. So to me, the hit rate is fairly, um, you know, the same across the board. So uh, to me, my strategy is always going after the highest ceiling guys. And I look at it this way. I actually kind of separate it. When I'm doing Debbie leagues, I look at my my active roster, my NFL roster as a dynasty team. I treat it as so. I leave it at that. Think about the game of Monopoly. I'm treating my Debbie guys like that, like that uh, chance card that I'm hoping to hit 200 extra dollars, right? That's how I'm treating it. I'm okay if I don't get it. I pretend like it's not coming. But if I get that bonus and I do hit a couple of those first round guys, especially in those deeper leagues, now I'm laughing all the way to the bank, right? Now I'm going to go out and I now can decide, is this the right position? I don't care about position, right? Yes, there's settings and stuff. If there's a position that strategically more valuable in your leagues due to scoring, that's a different story. But if we're talking about standard PPR, super flex, those kind of things, I don't really favor one position. I'm looking for best player available regardless of that because if it comes down to the time where they are that first round guy on my Debbie team and going to be come a rookie on my team, now I decide, is that a position I need on my dynasty squad? Yes. Cool. I'm going to keep them. Is this not a position? Well, guess what? I got a superstar that everybody wants because now I'm in a Debbie depleted draft and I have the ability to go out and have a big time trade chip to upgrade any position. And I'm telling you, when there's teams that are rebuilding in your leagues, those trade chips, Maddie mentioned it. You do not want to devalue those at all. I don't care if they're in college. Some people will come at you. Hey, I'm offering this because so-and-so is not in the NFL yet. I don't care. This guy's going to be the next Michael Irvin. Oh, okay. Well, leave me alone, man. If you don't want to pay up, that's fine. Your team is in – you have a middling team that needs a rebuild. Go ahead. Keep that, dude. I'll wait. I'll wait two more years while your team just continues to rot right there. I'm good with that. But if not, come come pay me for the research I did to get this freshman or sophomore, this underclassman, hint the show elite seekers. That's where it all came from. That's been my strategy. If you really commit to this type of strategy year after year after year and you stay true to it, I'm telling you, 
it pays off and it will get to the point where it's every single year. It's kind of like a productive struggle to start out with your Debbie roster, right? Your taxi squad, however that works out in your league. But I'm telling you, then it gets to the point if you're treating them separately where you just have this machine. And that's what it is. Every Christmas, my family's feeling good about it because we got these machines that we've been building for years. And that is whatever your strategy is. I just say stick to it and, and go after it. So, yes, I have time to go out and check film, but a lot of people don't. It's OK. Go trust people. Go read these great articles that are out there. If you don't have that time, listen to that podcast on the way to work. There's so much information. I'll tell you right now, I didn't I didn't watch a lot of film when I first started and I was still able to figure it out within a year. But I knew who to follow and I built up a Twitter following that really gave me a great feed of info. Even if I wasn't looking for something, something would randomly pop up. And I was like, oh, let me, you know, that's interesting. That's a good point. Let me go check that out. You know, that's a great way. Go find somewhere to start and then just dig in deeper. But for me, it's all about going after that high, high ceiling consistently. And if sure, if I don't have anything against drafting upperclassmen, just the way it works out, I usually end up getting the younger guys. But if somebody falls, you know, that's okay. Like, go get them. You know, it's best player available, in my opinion. Treat that as a totally separate team. That's a bonus to add to your dynasty roster that you're already running your, your normal dynasty strategy. And good things are going to come. I'm telling you, good things will come. It'll make an average team good and a contender. It'll make a good team a, a juggernaut, period. And there's always guys that slip through the cracks, too, like uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Joe Burrow Joe might Burrow. not have been – um, on a traditional Debbie roster somewhere, they could have gotten dropped along the way for somebody else. There's always those possibilities too. So that's kind of, you know, those are two examples that I bring up to people and they're say, well, why should I play in a Debbie league? You know, all these good guys are gone. Well, you just have to do a little bit more scouting is all. And it just, it makes trading a little bit different. But uh, Kevin, do you have any strategies that you would like to speak about? Yeah, it's similar to Ben. Like what I do is I have a giant tier list. And then what I do is every year I update it and I update like my freshman rankings, the incoming freshmen. And before my drafts, I look at like my running back tiers, which matter the most to me because I feel like running backs, the value is just too high in running backs. Like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at running backs and I look at like, just for example, like this class, the new class coming in, you have Travion Henderson and then you have LJ Johnson, Kamar Wheaton, who I do like. But after that, there's actually kind of a drop-off. Like when you're looking at, can they be round one dudes? And so I always look for that. Like you're not drafting, you do not want to draft a round two, three day capital guy um, in that first round. So I have these tiers and I say, okay, where are these tiers at? Because like Ben, like all these guys, I just value. Like to me, they're just value. Like I'm not, it, it's not like a startup draft when you're drafting all these NFL guys. Like I'm looking for value to increase that value. And like a guy like Travion Henderson, who I already think is like a top 15 Debbie asset. If you can have him, you're going to have value trade chip, all that stuff like he was talking about. Um, and the other thing is too, like don't reach on frosh quarterbacks. Like I don't, people do that way too much in Debbie leagues. Like they reach on these frosh quarterbacks and, and it, not even like maybe the top guys, but even I have some concerns with Caleb Williams and I'm sure you might talk about that later. Like I saw him go one-on-one in a draft with Travion Henderson there. I'm taking Henderson every day at the one-on-one. I, I, that's just to me value. I think it's like a, I forgot who did it. I believe it was, it might've been Travis May. He talked about like, I think it was like 70% of quarterbacks don't hit that get drafted in the first round of Debbie drafts. I mean, and so the numbers just don't make sense to draft quarterbacks. I won't do it. And then I don't touch a tight end if it's not tight end premium. And even if it is tight end premium, I'm not touching tight ends because college tight ends, like except for my boy, Kate Otten, I don't know what to do with college, 
to t- college tight end. So I'm staying away from that. But for me, it's running backs build through there. And like like Ben, he kind of nonchalantly said he's just a badass at, at, at his leagues. Like I'm in the back end too a lot. Like I found myself back there this year. So like I'll, like for example, one draft that I had this year was depleted. It's a five year Debbie. So this thing is like just it's bare. And so in my first pick, I had the 11th pick. I took Carson Strong. So I took a QB that I'm pretty high on that I'm like, okay, you know what? He could get some draft capital. I need another quarterback. And then I just went straight wide receiver. I took Quentin Johnson at the 211, Troy Franklin at the 311, and then Zay Flowers. So I, what I did was I looked and said, okay, where's the value at? And I try not to grab any running backs. Like the Javante Williams of the world are really – they're far and in between after you get past the second round. Uh, but I will take a shot sometimes if I have extra draft capital. But for me, it's running backs. They matter the most. And so if you can use those, those are the biggest chess pieces. And like a guy like uh, Tuber Hubbard, two years ago, he was one of the most valuable Debbie pieces you could have. If you traded him, if you were going for a run in your NFL side, you got out of what just happened to his draft capital. So I think you just have to be smart and play it and just understand values. That's. I just want to add on to what you just said, Kevin. You said, um, unless you have a lot of draft capital, and that's a big piece of my my Debbie strategy is I go after the end round Debbie picks because yeah. again, someone, if you're okay with taking younger players, there's going to be so many players that get to that point that have a high ceiling. Yes. They're going to be high risk, but a guy like yeah. Troy Franklin could fall to those mid later rounds. Mm-hmm. So that's where you're able to really um, continue to throw more darts than you're normally used to. And people don't value those picks all the time. There's going to be someone in your league that's like, ah, I don't really want the end because I don't want to do that extra research or I don't yeah. want to, you know, that that's a big piece of it. Okay. Uh, Nate, did you have any strategies that you would like to add to that? Yeah. I mean, I think mine's just a continuation. Um, this is kind of how I do every single draft, whether it's dynasty or a Debbie or CAC, it's just pure value based. Um, I don't look at position value, like positions at all, really. Um, especially with Debbie though, because when you're making trades, like if you're going for a run in the NFL or you're you know trying to rebuild, when you're making trades in Debbie, it's different than when you're making trades in Dynasty because in Dynasty you got picks and picks are unknown, and that's there's something exciting there. People like picks that have you know variety of players that could be that position, but at the same time, you know some people don't like the unknown. Some people don't want to you know gamble on a first round pick that might be at the end of the first round. You know might not be worth much, but in Debbie. You know, you have a specific name already, and there's always going to be someone who is really excited about that Debbie player. So you just pick up the most valuable Debbie players as they drop to you because at some point someone's going to want them and someone's going to be willing to pay up. And if you got to rebuild or if you got to go for the championship in the NFL side, you can move those pieces and you know that people are going to pay up for them because they have that name. They're already excited about that player, even though they haven't played a single snap yet. And yeah, like sometimes you don't want to trade away your superstar, you know, because I have a team, my C2C team, I already had Zeke and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Jonathan Taylor, and I just added Najee Harris to my NFL squad. I mean, my running backs were great, but my wide receivers suck. So I'm up to trade away Najee Harris probably because he's the most valuable at this point of those guys other than Jonathan Taylor, obviously. Dude, Not trade Never JT, trading Jonathan man. Taylor away. Whew. No. It's like my one share, Jonathan Taylor, man. I can't, can't trade him away. But um, I think, you know, having just the most valuable Debbie players is the most important because it's, I think it's a little bit harder to trade in Debbie leagues because you got to find someone who's sold on that player. They're not just going to not take chances on random players. They don't care about. 
And don't sit on value though. Like you got to be very careful in Debbie because this shit changes fast. Like these guys in college, it goes quick or journey Brown. Like you get some unfortunate guys. Like I had so many journey Brown shares. It hurts my soul. Like, and then like, then you're stuck because you were building towards that. But I like what Ben talked about with like, Hey, I build my NFL roster. This is it. This is my dynasty roster. Because what happens if you're counting on Journey Brown to be on your NFL roster the next year when you're building your startup? It puts you in a hole, and you got to mm-hmm. be very careful with stuff like that. But don't sit on value because if you sit on value, especially in Debbie, those things change so fast, and you you, you got to make moves. You can't just sit on your feet and say, "Oh, I got this." Okay. Uh, Maddie, did you have something you want to add? I believe. Yeah, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, in our in our uh, Devi startup this this year, where I took Steph's small spot after she uh, timed out, um, I sat on the clock during the Alabama spring game during our rookie draft in the sixth round just to watch the Alabama wide receivers. This was just a little uh, draft strategy thing, and I just watched the spring game, and I I noticed Aggie Hall. Everyone noticed Aggie Hall in that spring game, so I got Aggie Hall in the sixth. Ajay, Ajay. See, look at me. I, I even know how to say it, which is a funny thing. I got corrected before, and I still say Aggie. Um, yeah, uh, Ajay Hall, freshman incoming to uh, Alabama. He's got a lot of potential, but he's a guy that I'm looking to sell because he's got a couple years before he even enters the league. And uh, I got him in the sixth round. So, I mean, he's a guy that I could easily flip because I don't have any talent on my team due to uh, all the giants on my team. <laughs> I believe, so uh, you can see the team. It's really bad. Nate knows. <laughs> when, you're started, when you're starting Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton as your wide receiver one and two. And Kadarius Tony. <laughs> All on the same team. There's no Kenny Galladay, though. And Daniel Jones is on that team as well. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Not Barkley, though. No. If you, if anyone is interested to hear about how my team turned out in that my very first heavy league, we can tell you a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it turned out pretty good, actually. So – Let's move on a little bit and let's talk about. Uh, I'm going to combine this here. And Maddie, we're going to start with you. Let's talk about some players you like and then just quickly add in some players that you may just maybe like one player that you're either higher or lower than consensus on and why. Yeah, I'm higher on consensus. I'm going to start with a higher uh, on consensus. It's got to be Malik Willis. Uh, I love him as a quarterback, but I'm not taking him in the first round, similar to what Kevin said. Um, I'm hoping he falls to the second round and I can snag him up. He is a dual-threat rusher, uh, live arm. He makes these off-balance throws that are on the money, and you can't teach that. He needs to get more consistent, um, and he needs to show another year because he only started one year so far. So there's there's risk in investing in him, and that's why I'm higher on him than, than consensus. Uh, but uh, some guys that I like, running backs, uh, I like Eric Gray a lot from Oklahoma. He's a transfer uh, from Tennessee. He's got a lot of potential. Um, he's already shown out at Tennessee as well, which is the, the funny thing. So he's he's a great transfer uh, target and a guy that I'm drafting in Debbie Leagues. Um, and then for wide receivers, uh, we just touched on him, but Ajay Hall, uh, I got his name right this time. And then uh, for tight ends, uh, I'd probably say Michael, uh, Michael Mayer. Uh, Notre Dame tight end that everyone loves, big guy. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I can't really go too much in depth in them because I don't have a scouting report in front of me. Um, but, yeah, uh, Michael Mayer is the one tight end besides maybe Jalen Wiedemeyer uh, that I draft in Debbie Leagues. So, yeah, yeah, like Kevin said, don't draft tight ends. All right. Nate, let's flip it over to you. Yeah, so the guys that I love um, and for Debbie, number one is Traylon Burks. 
I mean, I cannot get enough of that kid. Uh, he's athletic. He just dominates over with Arkansas. I mean, watching him filming that guy last year, I mean, just blew my mind. He's he's what we want Josh Gordon to be. That's what I think, you know. So he, he ran a 4-4 four, four coming into college. I don't know if I see that speed on the tape, but he's athletic. He is the dominant ex-alpha receiver that everyone looks for, everyone wants. And I am so excited to pick him up in every single dynasty draft next year. Um, I think he's, he's, he's an absolute stud. Um, other than Traylon Burks, um, let's see. Who else do I really like? I, I actually do really like Quentin Johnson. I think he's a stud as well. TCU's kind of a terrible team to watch. <laughs> uh, even like watching the Rager film last year was, was rough. And uh, Johnston is uh, – you need some talent around him, but – TCU has been recruiting pretty well. I also look kind of like Zach Evans, if he can get some more play time. So I like those, those guys. I like some those wide receivers like that. Also Rakeem Jarrett, go Terps. Um, another guy, you know, one of the first five-star recruits the Maryland had in a while. So always about that guy. I'm not about Kyron Williams. Um, I'm not, not seeing it. Not, he's going like top 20 in Debbie drafts, he to see drafts. And I'm, I'm just not seeing the talent there and like the NFL ability. Uh, at least to like be a work, you know, workhorse running back there. And another guy is actually John Mechie. Uh, I think I just saw his name pop up in our chat, but I'm not a big fan of John Mechie. I like him. I like him for the memes. Uh, I, I drafted him uh, last year in my C2C just because, you know, if you draft Alabama wide receivers, it's hard to go wrong. But I don't think he's at the level that like Devonta Smith was or Jerry Judy or, you know, any of the Alabama wide receivers that we've seen recently, I don't think he's at that level. And I'm not sure that I, you know, trust him to become like the next top receiver out of Alabama. Okay. Kevin, how about yourself? Yeah. You know, I'm a big fan of Matt Corral, Ole Miss quarterback. He's my QB three in this class. Now um, I love him. He dual threat kid from Ole Miss. If you take away two of his games, he didn't have that many interceptions. We won't talk about the two games he had all those interceptions, but he's got good arm strength, deep ball accuracy. He makes the right reads when he was in them within the offense. Like I'm a big fan of Corral. I think that he could be, he could be that guy that we kind of step up. Everybody says Zach Wilson, but he, he could be in Lane Kiffin's offense. Somebody that we're talking about as being in a down QB class. In my opinion, I think he could kind of slip himself up into that top three, four first round draft capital. Uh, USC running back Keonta Ingram. I'm probably higher on him than most. Uh, I still have faith in him, even though he's a senior, but he's six foot two twenty five. You know, he shows a lot of great things if he can stay healthy. He has size, speed. I also think he's the best receiving back in college football. Like, and I'll put my name on that. Like, he has hands. He can do a lot of those things. If he can stay healthy at USC, I have a lot of hope for Keonta Ingram. I think that – and, again, I think this class, the 2022 class for running backs, has some question marks too. So, if he has a good year, we could see him. Right now, I think I have him valued as a second-round value uh, in Superflex leagues. So, if he can kind of exceed that, I think the value there would be good. Uh, the one guy that I'm kind of I'm out on completely is Slovis from USC. Keaton Slovis, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. Um, I've been out for a while, but there's some Slovis truthers out there that are still on him. I just don't see the arm strength, and I don't see the accuracy at times. I do like that he keeps his eyes downfield, and I do like kind of – he's a gamer. Like, he, he, you watch him at USC, he led a lot of comebacks. He's got some intangibles I really like. I just don't think he has an NFL arm. And he's not a Konami kid. He's not going to run. And he, he's not very athletic. So that worries me as well. Like, the way the NFL is going, and we're talking about fantasy with ceilings, I'm out on Slovis. So I'm, I'm out there. I think 
people are going to, they've been making excuses for him like the last couple of years, like his arm was hurt. Well, he had to have surgery. Like, I think the NFL is going to come around and slow is probably not being a first round pick. Kevin, are you sitting in the corner while you're doing this podcast out of curiosity? Kind of. You know, I have a lot of kids and I don't have a lot of office space yet. I'm, 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 I'm upgrading soon, hopefully. Me and my wife put an offer on a house. So we'll see if I get an office or not. It's almost like you're grounded while you're doing the podcast. Yeah. Well, you know, if, if my wife had anything to say about it, I would be grounded, uh, Mike. So just letting you know. I'm supposed to do podcasts on one night. I made an exception tonight for this show. So just letting you know that you're special. Well, I I'm limited to two during the week, uh, but I stretched it to four this week. So um, <laughs> okay. that's got vacation coming up. So it's just uh, you know, I've been putting trying to put things off, and now it's like you know what? I've been promising people for a while that I'd hop on. So it's it's time for me to own up. But Ben, uh, why don't you go ahead and answer this question for us? So some guys that I'm I'm higher on, I won't I won't touch on a Jai Hall anymore, but that that's my guy that I'm going after, period. And I am not selling because I truly believe he is going to be an elite receiver, and I'm good with waiting on that. Um, if if you get a chance to check out some interviews and, and reasons of why he showed up and went to Alabama, uh, it's pretty special. He wants to be a Julio type guy. He really wants to step up. And uh, for me, the spring game was just um, confidence that. He has that uh, athletic ability to already make it happen. And, you know, he matched up really, really well against the Alabama defenders. Um, just amazing against the sideline. He could beat you deep. He could beat you in the contested area. Um, I think Nick Saban, the way he talks about him already, um, you know that this is going to be a dude. And a dude coming from Alabama means a lot from those wide receiver ranks. So uh, I'm definitely uh, extremely happy to get him. Now, some other guys as far as consensus – goes um eric gilbert man this is a guy that's been on a roller coaster value wise and i know kevin talked about no tight ends but this dude is not a tight end right now so i guess we can make an exception right uh he's uh officially transferred over to georgia coming from lsu after a really successful freshman season and this guy is is a freak if you loved pitts if you loved kyle pitts eric gilbert's ceiling is that or higher he's he just got the mass to go along with him. there's a reason he's going to play wide receiver you got Pickens hurt I think it's going to be really special I don't care what he plays or what he's listed at for college he's going to be a tight end at the next level that's what's going to happen but he's gonna be a tight end that's just lined up all over the field and, and that's what you want Kyle Pitts same thing he's gonna be lined up he's not gonna be out there to block I don't care about that we want this guy to run up the seams go get the ball go get some touchdowns like these guys are going to be special and they're really the type of players that really change a position overall and help evolve a position and help evolve these offenses. So um, I'm excited to see him at Georgia. I think it's a great opportunity with Pickens being out. They're going to need an extra guy in in the uh, red zone. You got obviously Jermaine Burton there, who I'm really high on, just a great guy. And then Darnell Washington's another guy that people either love him or absolutely hate him, but six foot eight tight end that moves extremely well. Um, you got to see at the end of the year just some great catches. I'm excited. I think there's a reason why Eric Gilbert is listed at wide receiver because they truly believe in Darnell Washington. And these guys with Burton were part of the defensive back assassins coming out of high school. So that was their little group name. And these guys were just tearing people up in tournaments. So it's really exciting to see them back together. You're going to have JT Daniels there slinging the rock. Now, JT Daniels could have a huge year, but he's probably a guy I'm staying away from because he doesn't match up to that ceiling that I'm looking for because he doesn't have that little bit of running ability. Um, and I don't see him being so elite from that arm talent and, and just overall decision-making that he's going to be able to make up for that to become 
an elite um, quarterback one at the NFL level. So I'm definitely more down on a lot of these second tier quarterbacks. Uh, Kevin mentioned how it's going to be a, a down year for quarterbacks, and, and I'm with that. I'll take a chance on a guy like Malik Willis over that. Yes, is it more high risk, high reward? Sure, it is. And he definitely needs to develop as far as throwing. But if he figures it out to become an average or a little bit better than average thrower and decision maker, you throw the the running ability there, then you have a lot higher ceiling. So if I was going to take a chance on one of those guys, it'd be a, a guy like Malik Willis. Demond Demas is a guy that coming out, everybody wanted this. This was the dude where, you know, going back to what Maddie said, Maddie said, I get a guy and I'm going to sell him. Well, Demas, that probably would have worked out pretty well for you if you did that. Because you type in his name on YouTube and you're going to see like, a dude that looks like he's Batman flying through the air, flipping upside down, just incredible 42 inch vertical with four, four speed, six foot, 380 pounds. Like there is not, uh, you know, uh, he's a DK level athlete from an athletic standpoint. Now route running and all that other stuff off the field, had some issues, didn't play his senior year. So, the, you know, he put up 15 over 1500 yards, 23 touchdowns as a junior in high school, ends up at Texas A&M doesn't play a lot. Well, Guess what? He was a freshman. Got things going on. You got to get in and earn your way. It's a good college football team. So you're now hearing coach. I actually just put a tweet out today, but coach Jimbo Fisher talking about Demas and what he was able to do and saying he was one of the most impressive guys at the wide receiver position this spring before getting hurt. Okay. So this is a guy that is ramping up. They've talked about him working on his route running, his footwork and we already know what he is as an athlete. And this guy t- had to take a whole year off of football. Of course, he wasn't going to see the field that much as a true freshman. So I'm really, really excited for a guy like that. And he has fallen so far behind a lot of these like incoming freshman receivers because everybody's so worried that that becomes an extreme value to me and the exact type of guy I'm looking for. Uh, Justin Ross falls into that same category for me, a guy that was top of the line. We already saw that, though, the difference for him. We already saw that at Clemson. And then he had this major injury and it seemed like his football career is done. But now you're hearing about him moving to the slot for Clemson, coming back healthy. So that's a guy that is falling way too low in drafts. Is there risk? Absolutely. But we're talking about Debbie players. Every single Debbie player you take, there's going to be some form of risk. So those are some of the guys that I'm just really, really high on. And they're all guys that have that tier one talent ability, uh, that ceiling. And uh, that's what I go after. So I just look for those fluctuations or wait for the dip, right, as far as value goes, and see where you can get in if you believe in a guy. So I actually want to – this. you actually segue kind of perfectly into uh, the next topic here. You're talking about uh, JT Daniels. Is he a guy that you would take in a C2C league but not a traditional Debbie league? Yeah, I think so. I think everything lines up for him to have a much better chance to be – uh, a lot more productive from a campus to Canton standpoint. He should have a great college year. He's got a ton of weapons. Um, you know, you might question their type of offense a little bit. Are they going to run too much? Or, but I think you don't bring in those type of receivers and tight ends and unless you plan on chucking it around a, a little bit. So, yes, absolutely, I'd be higher on him in a, in a C2C format versus what I think he'll be at the NFL level. So the reason I had asked that question is uh... – Ben and I had talked about a player before and he, you know, that was his different player. And his answer was I would take him in C2C and, and not a traditional Debbie league. So basically what I'm hearing here and to answer my own question is you take a guy like that in a C2C league because you could play him right now and get points in the college format. 
but you don't think he's going to be as good of a NFL player as he was a collegiate player. And we could use an example like Jake Fromm uh, did not end up being really anything in the NFL. Like he lost his job to Mitchell Trubisky pretty much. And there's a lot of other guys that we could say the same thing for that just didn't pan out like JJ Arcega Whiteside. You know, there, there's guys out there. So that kind of answers that. Whenever Jamal you hear- Osborne. Jamal Osborne. Hey, isn't he he's still with the Eagles, right? Hey, he's he's going to be the wide receiver two on the team this year. Yeah. They're, they're actually saying, uh, Pork, I know you're listening to this, but apparently John Hightower is a cut candidate. So um, that's sad. Pour one out for our homie, John Hightower. So um, we will get to uh, he's he could have fucking beat the Ravens if he was just cut them all. Oh, you're, you're a wide receiver. You can't catch the ball. That's the one thing you did. So let's move on to our last topic. Um, this was actually, I believe Maddie brought this up in the group today and talking about some transfers. Um, so if you guys want to just touch on some of the bigger transfers and hey, how do you guys think that the new transfer rule, if at all, will affect your Devi leagues? Uh, Maddie, let's start with you. Maddie, I think you were muted, my man. You are. There you go. All right. Well, uh, my top transfer is Eric Gray from uh, Tennessee to Oklahoma. I talked about him earlier. I like running backs a lot in Debbie. Uh, they hold a lot of value. And uh, Eric Gray is one of those guys who's older. So, you know, he's already developed his skill set. And uh, he showed at Tennessee carrying the offense uh, through terrible quarterback play. Um, can't really uh, ask him to do much more than that. He's a good receiver uh, at a big uh, – he's a good size too, which is the big thing. Really good frame on that uh, – on Eric Gray and uh, really impressed with his cutting too. You know, he's, he's got good cuts on tape. Uh, so Eric Gray's a guy that I'm looking to, to get because he's playing the big 12. He's going up against some uh, really uh, chalk defenses and he's going to run on them. So, uh, you know, you got Rattler throwing the ball and uh, Gray running the ball. So I like that combination for that offense and uh, you, you know, they'll lose a game, but you know, uh, it'll just be some random game. Otherwise they're going to dominate the, the big 12 in, uh, you know, I'm not going to touch on all the transfers because I don't want to take them all, but uh, Eric Gray is the transfer that I'm really excited about. And uh, the transfer rules, I'm not worried about them. I think it's good. I think that players should be able to transfer and play when they want. I don't. I think that sitting out a year is is was dumb. Um, and I, I think it just is. I think that it just uh, took away from the players. And uh, I'm happy that these players are actually able to get money too now uh, with their names. So you know, this is another thing that I'm I'm excited about for college players. Uh, so you know, a lot of things happening for college players that are good. Yeah, no, I agree with all that too. I always thought the, the sitting out, you know, because you might commit to a coach and then he gets fired or leaves for another opportunity, and now you're stuck on a team that you don't want to be on because the system's bad or you just don't fit in with the new culture there. And yeah, you know what? If an 18 year old kid fresh out of high school that doesn't have a job can go be a YouTuber or start their own business, a lemonade stand or whatever, and make money off it, then you, as an adult, and then you know, as a citizen of this country, you should be able to make money off of your your likeness and your image. It's not fair that you couldn't. But um, Kevin, let's kick it down to you, Nate. I'm going to I'm going to let you bring up the rear on this one because you are the head of our Debbie department. Kevin, uh, your thoughts on some of these transfers, and do you think it affects your Debbie leagues at all? Uh, you know, the only I'll, I'll start with is it affects your Debbie leagues. Not really, not so much, not as Debbie leagues, unless you're like a pipeline league. So I'm in a pipeline league that I started that I really wanted to do. And you get the player from that school 
And it's been fun because people that have been drafting all these dudes, as soon as they start to transfer, if they go to a different school that somebody already has, we put them in the draft. We actually put them in the startup draft. Then they get that guy. So Eric Gilbert went from one school to, you know, Florida for like five weeks. And then he went to um, Georgia. So like everybody in the chat was like, you son of a, you freaking got my Eric Gilbert share. Like, so that was been kind of fun. Like in, in terms of uh, pipeline leagues, if you're in those, but as far as the rule goes, I don't think it affects you too much. I think it actually might help because some guys might be able to leave and get a little bit more better exposure. And then they're actually going to produce. So you're going to be looking like Ohio state. They're going to have somebody transfer at some point in that quarterback room or wide receiver room at some point. Um, but two guys that I like just to kind of keep it quick, uh, that I think I wanted to kind of go under the radar a little bit that it'll be interesting to see, you know, Wandale Robinson, uh, junior wide receiver, 5'11", 185, he transferred from Nebraska and he's going to Kentucky. It'll be interesting to see what he can do there in that offense. Uh, he's, he's a, he's a, he's a dual threat guy. He's going to run and pass or excuse me, catch. Uh, you know, he had 304 yards rushing last year with 453 yards receiving. He's he's kind of a Swiss Army knife, and he's he's pretty big. Like people think of Rondo as being small, but he's 185 pounds, so he's legit there. And then the other guy is Charleston Rambo. Uh, you know, he transferred, and I think that oh my bad, Nate, did I steal yours? Uh, he, he transferred from <laughs> Oklahoma to Miami, and I think Miami he's gonna if King is healthy. Uh, and they're able to have that connection. Rambo could be a guy that we're talking about as a junior. He's six foot one, 185. He could be that leading receiver on Miami's team, and his draft capital is going to go up. So those two guys I'm interested to see because where are they going to be in this receiving class, especially this junior class, and can they kind of vault up the draft board? Okay. Um, Maddie, did you want to touch on – you said uh, quarterbacks in the chat. Did you want to touch on that? I think that transferring helps quarterbacks the most. You know, quarterbacks are able to to sit behind these guys, and you know, if they don't go pro, then you know, transfer out and be able to start. So that's a that's a huge thing, I think, for quarterbacks because you know, it doesn't really matter what school you go as a quarterback as long as you are able to perform and have the tools. We saw with Zach Wilson playing at BYU. Uh, there's, I mean, just Joe Burrow transferred to LSU from Ohio State, for example. So I mean, there's there's a there's, I mean, even Russell Wilson, a grad transfer from uh, NC State to Wisconsin. There's, there's a lot of players who need new situations to uh, shine. And that's, I think, very important for the quarterback room because quarterbacks out the team, uh, you know, it all flows to the quarterback on offense. So uh, I think that this really helps quarterbacks the most out of any position. All right, Ben, uh, what do you got for us as far as transfer wise? I'm not going to talk about Eric Gilbert, but that would be my number one biggest transfer as far as uh, impact, I think, coming. And we'll see that early on and very often for Georgia. Um, but I want to talk about Ty Chandler. I think him moving from Tennessee, a little bit older running back, but this is a guy that was really, really high on people's boards coming out of high school and moving over to North Carolina. Obviously, Javante Williams, Michael Carter moving on to the NFL. Both are guys that are probably going to see a lot of touches this year. Whether you're in on Michael Carter or you're not, uh, I think he has a chance to become the starter early on uh, in the season for the Jets, if not by midseason. Um, so I think he'll, he'll definitely get a crack at that. But Ty Sorry, Chandler. Interrupt LaMichael Pirine, running back one. He died. Back. Yeah. He oh, did. Don't do oh, that. Man. Yeah. It happened right before the show. Sorry about that. Thank but uh, shot, back bro. to Ty Sorry. Chandler. Uh, yeah, man, I think uh, stepping in, he kind of can do it all. So he's a home run hitting type guy. Um, so he's going to go in and play with the same quarterback that made Javante and Michael Carter uh, look really well, look really good in that offense. So uh, I think there's an opportunity for him to be a guy that's probably not on really anybody's board for the most part right now. If you were going to be 
taking him in rookie drafts right now. He's a he's a guy we're probably talking about more like the fourth round. Um, but coming in there, having a big year, he could be that that like early second round rookie pick for you if he comes in and just blows it up for North Carolina in a potent offense. So uh, we'll see what happens. But that that's one that I'm really really paying attention to. Okay, and you don't think that the transferring that's not going to affect anyone. I'm not worried about that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Nate, bring it home for me. Yeah. So two kind of under the radar transfer guys. Um, one is uh, Zach Charbonnet uh, from Michigan. Had a really good freshman year, 11 touchdowns from Michigan. Uh, looked pretty good. He's a big physical guy. looks like he's NFL ready already size wise. And then last year for some God knows why reason, he only had 19 rushing attempts after being one of the better running backs on the team as a freshman. Don't understand it, but uh, he got tired of Harbaugh and went and transferred to UCLA. Now he's playing for Chip Kelly, and we'll get to see what that looks like. I am i don't really know how the fit is there, but I'm excited to see how it works out. I think there's a lot of room for him to raise his stock from where it's dropped to. Um, he's kind of forgotten about now. And then another guy that I think could be an exciting transfer is actually Grant Gunnell from Arizona to Memphis because Memphis is a fun team to watch. Memphis is a great offense. They, they produce yards, produce touchdowns. And I think Grant Gunnell, I, I like him more than Brady white. So I think he's an upgraded quarterback. I think he's a guy that has, he's six foot six, 220 pounds. So he's got some NFL size. I'm interested, interested to see if like he actually looks good there because he's a big wild card and Everyone loves Memphis now. Everyone loves Memphis because of Antonio Gibson, Tony Pollard, um, Gainwell. We, we love Memphis. Yeah, Henderson. Yeah, exactly. So let's let's see let's see what Gunnell can do uh, transferring out of Arizona. So I'm interested to watch those two guys. I'm not sure if either one are going to be great NFL prospects when it's all said and done, but I think uh, their stock's pretty low right now, and they have some upside. You're not worried about how the transfers going to affect your Debbie leagues at all. Not really. Um, I barely know what I'm doing anyway, so I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't care about the transfers, man. <laughs> so listen, speaking of barely knowing what you're doing, do you guys want to hear my first ever Devi League? You want to hear how the my team shook out? Yes. Yes. All right. Well, Maddie and Nate, or they might be a little bit more familiar. I mean, um, so my first pick was George Pickens, uh, wide receiver from Georgia. My second pick was Kendall Milton, running back from Georgia. Apparently, I'm a Georgia Bulldogs fan. Uh, Third one was Will Shipley. He's running back from Clemson. I know you guys know who these guys are, but I'm saying, you know, what they do and where they're from. For the people that do not know, uh, let's see, scrolling down. Apparently, I traded Maddie a bunch of picks in this uh, this middle round here. And I I know Maddie was Jai Hall, so thank you. Yeah, I know Maddie was talking about. you know, trying to take advantage of people that don't exactly know what they are doing. <laughs> like that might have been targeted at me a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, so then I got Drake May, quarterback from North Carolina. Uh, in I the like eighth that. round, I'm really, this is the pick I'm actually the most proud of because um, I remembered him from watching film on uh, Zach Wilson, and I think Dax Milne went to BYU as well. And that's Tyler Algier, running back from BYU. I just think he's a really, really natural and smooth receiver out of the backfield. He, he kind of Reminds me like a little bit of a James White, just the way he, he's such a natural catcher of the football. And then I didn't highlight this. We got uh, Donovan Edwards, running back from Michigan. And I think, Ben, I think you talked about this guy, uh, running back from Texas A&M, Devin 
chain. A chain. Yeah. Did you talk about him or was that? I talked about him before, but I don't know okay. if we had a conversation about it. Uh, well, I just remember hearing you say his name. I couldn't remember where it was. <laughs> so that, that's I'm one of the elite singers. Yeah. I have uh, to say your best pick might have been Drake May there. Uh, you know, because you texted me who to take, and I told you Drake May. <laughs> and I'm in the league with you. <laughs> so a lot of times, and the thing that sucks is, like, I'll be on the clock when I'm, like, at work. Mm-hmm. And, it's, you know, a league that I'm not super familiar with, this type of thing, so I don't have a ton of time. Like, I don't sit behind a computer, so I can't make it look like, yeah, boss, I'm working. Like I, I'm standing at my toolbox. My boss is like right there. He works right next to me, so it's a little hard for me. And that's why I think I just hit Maddie up. Like, dude, who do I take here? Even though if I don't know what I'm doing, I hate to be the guy that hogs up a lot of clock. I just hate to be that guy. You know what I mean? I like to keep the draft moving along. So um, it was really funny. I sniped Mike in that draft, and I know that Mike only knows a couple players. So I was picking right before him, and I picked uh, Jahan Dotson. And the fact that he's a Penn State fan made it even funnier. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, Jahan Dotson. So I'm kind of like in the – I'm in the Lehigh Valley in Pennsylvania. Saquon Barkley lived across the bridge from me in Copley. And Jahan Dotson lives like 20 minutes away from me in Nazareth, where his parents do. So it's kind of cool. Like the area of the country that I'm in is not really known for churning out um, NFL talent, and we got Saquon Barkley, one of the best running backs in the NFL, and Jahan Dotson, a guy that I like a lot too. So, uh, any place for my favorite collegiate football team. But um, so that's my team. And guys, thank you again for coming, hanging out. Um, everybody that listens to the show, I'm really hoping that you dug the uh, the Devi show here. I'm, I think I'm going to start kind of getting into Devi a little bit more, and we're going to be bringing you guys a little bit more Devi stuff in the season. You know, kind of trying to think of how we want to do the in season show. Uh, I was talking to Nate the other day. We're going to kind of – our Debbie segment's going to be expanded. Um, shows are probably actually going to be a little shorter in season. It's going to help you guys. If you have any questions about trades you want on the show, hit us up, you know, anything like that. But uh, we're going to roll out of here. So, Kevin, why don't we uh, – why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter? Yeah, you can find me at Boys underscore 22, and I have this white thing next to my name. It's pretty – you can just see it there, and you can just click that follow button. Is it the blue check mark? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is the boys because you're a Cowboys fan? So, uh, yeah, I've told the story a couple of times, but my uh, my grandpa was a huge Cowboys fan. He got killed in a drunk driving accident when I was like eight. And so, like, I became a huge Cowboy fan because of him, because of kind of his memory. And he, Emmett Smith was his favorite uh, athlete. And so it's kind of homage to him last year because I didn't have a Twitter account to like last June or March or it was somewhere in there. And so I didn't even know what to put. And I was like, you know what? I'll just do something for my grandpa. So it's staying. I'm not changing it. So I know it, it kind of sounds corny, but it's it's something for me and my family. No, it's just hard now. I can't hate you for being a Cowboys fan. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, that's that's actually pretty cool, man. That's awesome. So uh, hit Kevin up. He's doing a lot of great stuff for us. And he's a great guy to talk to. And he's glad to finally have you on the show. And Ben, thank you for coming back. Tell everybody again. Tell everyone about your podcast and where we can find you. Yeah, you can find me at the Ben Eb. That's spelled E B Y. And uh, yeah, run the Elite Seeker Show via Destination Debbie's podcast network. So search for Destination Debbie, and my shows come out every single Friday. Appreciate you, Nate, rocking that shirt there. Yeah, it's it, for me. It's all about the young guys. Uh, I'm talking about all the the college underclassmen as well as uh, the high school guys. So it's uh, if you're looking to get help on deep leagues and trying to get a head start on guys and your strategy matches up as far as going for high ceiling players, uh, come check out elite seekers. Cause that's definitely what we're all about there. 
does uh, Elite Seekers have its own Twitter? I, I meant to look, and I don't know. You guys, you it one? does. I have the name locked down. Uh, I don't use the Twitter. There's no, no real need to right now. I think, uh, yeah, I think we're just we're rocking with at the Ben Eby for now. But I think there's some expansion plans in the, in the works for Elite Seekers. So stay tuned. Maybe some other sports come in. Awesome. That's great, man. And, you know, I'm going to be there every step of the way. And uh, someone who's always here every step of the way for us, Matty Big Chest, tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah, when I'm not selling a Jai Hall, you can find me on Twitter at Matty Big Chest or on Instagram at Matty Big Chest. Um, hit me up for graphics if you need them. And I uh, just want to add a disclaimer. Only selling a Jai Hall on the team, where, on the team that uh, staff drafted. So do not sell a Jai Hall in Devi. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, if you are watching this YouTube video right now or wherever Bob happened to put it, uh, Maddie made these awesome graphics. And as you can see, I was kind of changing the overlay while we were moving on throughout the show. So this is something he could do for you. He can make you awesome uh, backgrounds for your MFL leagues. Pricing is great. Turnaround time is fantastic. And you know what? Maddie's just a cool guy to talk to, too, on top of that. Very knowledgeable about everything aside from graphics. Great at Dynasty, great at Devi. Maddie, glad you're a part of the team. And now the head of our Devi department, lead us out. Where can we find you? I am the head of the Devi department by default. So I'm just hanging on to that title. Um, you can find me at Nate NFL, and I implore anyone to try Devi out. Um, even if it's like a you know a three player, like three round, five round Devi, you know, it doesn't have to be a C to C. Um, it's fun. It gets you if you play in one Devi league, it helps you out in all your dynasty leagues because you already know about the next class coming up. Um, so you can't really go wrong at least playing one Debbie league. And there's so much, so much out there to help you. We have this show, we have these guys here, um, that they do great work. There's also so much else great work on Twitter. I mean, you throw a rock and you're going to hit a Debbie player. So, um, it's definitely worth getting into at least one league. Okay. But don't throw rocks. It's not recommended. Um, <laughs> All I want to say to you guys is make sure you DM Bob Van Duzer at Bob Van underscore IDP and ask him to rank his top five seedless fruits. But until next time, everybody, if you are so inclined, you can follow me on Twitter at the Empower85. I'm sorry, at Rewind CEO. I keep forgetting I changed that. I would much rather you follow the show at Dynasty Rewind. Please check us out, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. Hope you enjoyed our Debbie episode. I'll see you back next week, fresh from vacation. But until next time, everyone, be kind. Please rewind. Thank you for watching. And as always, thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. And as always, be kind. Please rewind.